Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2 of Real Early. My name is Larry Sternshine. On my first episode of Season 2, I'm welcomed by my good friend Aaron Vargas. He is an upcoming stunt person, badass martial artist, and also one of the most positive people I've ever met. I'm very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. So without further wait, let's get right to it. My boy, Aaron Vargas, Season 2. Let's go. All right, welcome back. I'm here with my friend, Aaron Vargas. Thank you for coming on my show, Season 2. Season 2, glad to be here. I'm glad to be the premiere episode. <laughs> uh, that's an honor. Thank you for having me on, Larry. I'm really excited to do this. Awesome, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to have people on that are younger than me because I have no pulse on what young people like or what how young people uh, get into movies and stuff. So I'm excited to have you on for that for those purposes but also because of your early career here uh, becoming a stunt person is pretty inspiring i think so i'm looking forward to getting into that a little bit uh but first uh you were talking on twitter the other day that you were going to a short film tell me a little bit about the short film that you went to go see i'm curious oh. about this yeah, so uh, Lee Golden uh, from Film Combat Syndicate, he um, he and this stunt performer, stunt coordinator, director, Roman Sarab, Raman Sarab, um, had an event last night, and it was a short film festival. It was the first of its kind, you know, with with Lee and him together, and it, it was essentially six short films um, that were um, directed by people who are into action um, and horror as well, because there was one horror short. And it was a good place to go and appreciate people who are up and coming, uh, people who don't have the biggest budgets. Um, so that was kind of the purpose of last night was just to showcase people who are just trying to get their names out there and um, and what they can do with such a limited budget and time. Because um, most of the shorts had like two day shooting schedules. Uh, one day, one, one of them had one day and it was actually, I think, the best one. Um and uh and so yeah so it was a good time and we, i got to network with different people um got to meet some uh performers stunt coordinators over there that were uh, supporting the event um perks of being in california you get to you know you get to go to these things and um it's looking pretty good for me and my connections and um hopefully get something going when i graduate in may so you know it's pretty cool when i was younger when i hear short film i just assumed it was some experimental college short uh you know like you know, went to film school and you did a little short film and it's got a lot of uh you know it's just real artsy fartsy stuff and what i've come to learn over my years is how important short films are for people who aspire to be in in, in film yeah. uh because like for example um there's a lot of people in the martial arts community that have got noticed from the short films that yeah. they've done mm -hmm. uh, like the uh, lee brothers from yeah marshall club yeah marshall club uh from everything everywhere all at once and uh paper tigers absolutely you know, so you've done a short film recently yeah like what what was that experience like filming your first short action film like what has been the response been from uh, those who are uh, making the film so it was really cool because um similar to like the movies i watched um last night at the short film festival this was also a short film this one was probably going to be maybe 12 minutes um um but this you know 
three-day shooting schedule. I was there for one day um, because that's all they had time for. Um, I was brought on to choreograph a fight scene. Um, like you said, um, a lot of some performers are being known through their shorts that are put on YouTube. Um, the Lee brothers were mainly on YouTube. Now we're seeing people on Instagram, um, a lot, a lot of Instagram, and they're getting known through there. Um, I was just talking to someone last night saying that, you know, because of my Instagram account, people, um, stunt coordinators have found me. Um, so in this case, that's how I got found was because of my Instagram um, and a Twitter as well. Uh, the director of that short film was on Twitter. That's how we got to know each other. And um, so he's seen my stuff, liked what I do um, and knows that I'm trying to get into fight choreography. So he's like, I need you to choreograph a fight scene for me. Um, we're going to we're going to fight uh, our star of the movie. Um, and so what I did was uh, essentially treat it just like any project, big or small. Uh, I wanted to meet with the actor. I wanted to talk to him about what his character was, um, you know, what's the story behind it. Um, and then we went to a gym in LA called Jam, which is um, where pretty much most big movie studios will go to that gym and shoot previs at. They did um, some for The Woman King, um, even Despicable Me, which is animated movie, but they do stuff over there as well. Um, and so we went there, we trained, we pre-vised it, and then we trained one more time. And uh, the next week we ended up shooting the fight scene. It's, it's, um, it's, it's short. It's like 30 beats, uh, nothing crazy. But um, but it was really cool because I got to have an experience on a set. Um, it was a small set, but no problem there. They had, they were professional about it. Um, and it was a really good experience. They had positive feedback for me. I told them really be honest because I had some lines in the movie. I was like, be honest. Tell me if I'm not doing anything right. You know, um, at first, you know, they kind of kept making jokes about how I could kick their butt if they try to direct me. And I'm like, no, like, please direct me. No, I that's not what I want to do. I want to be directed. I, I need to take direction and I can I need to take criticism. Um, and I, I needed to I need to experience that right away in this early career of mine. That way, in the future, I have my skills built up for that big thing that comes to me. So um, it was a good experience overall. They had uh, great feedback and and I to them as well. They were great. They were professional. And uh, uh, yeah, shout out to my friend Daniel O, who directed the movie. It's great. It's going to be a short horror film. Um, it's actually a pretty straightforward plot. Um, usually they do more artsy stuff, but this time they went with the more like uh, straightforward story. But it's a good one. And I can't wait for everyone to see. It's called K-Bar Killer. Um, it'll be put on some festivals first and then uh, probably be released uh, sometime in spring. So, um, yeah, yeah. Without talking your ear off, that's kind of like my experience and, uh, it was a good one. So. Yeah. I discovered you through Twitter. Uh, uh, can you tell everybody your Twitter account real quick and your Instagram so they could go immediately and check out your videos and then come back and keep hearing more. Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, Avar stunts, A V A R stunts and my, my Twitter um, you can look that up as well, or you can put the at, which is Kickass Vargas. Um, it's I, love, I love that Twitter but... handle, man. That's, I mean, look, a lot of the videos I see that you you put out there are pretty kickass. So it is a very accurate Twitter account. Thank you. As long as I don't look too cocky, uh, I, I guess I'll keep it. I like it. I, I for for me, one of the coolest things is kind of watching your progression of how confident that you're becoming uh with all the different videos because i remember when you were first starting like you were really nervous about like oh is my does my how's my kick look and i'm like dude yeah. i don't i can't kick higher than my waist you know but like 
I, you know, I, there's a couple of times I'd be like, oh, hey, uh, maybe work on your rotation or something. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I think what I really appreciate about you, and I think a lot of people are going to respond to you when they want to work with you, is just that you're willing to learn uh, and become a better stunt person uh, because there's probably a lot of people out there that like are like, man, I don't, I don't need to be taught how to do it. Cause you know, I'm like a black belt or something. Uh, tell me a little bit, like, what is your background in martial arts? Uh, are you um, like, where did you learn martial arts? Um, so I got my little martial arts thing going when I was 10. Um, since I was young and I'm talking like three, two years old, I get stories from my parents, from my family talking about how I would love watching, you know, stuff like rush hour Enter the Dragon were the two main ones that I would watch on VHS. Um, and I would always be kicking around and stuff. Uh, but up until 10 years old, I, I never took a karate class. Um, I did one at the YMCA, but that didn't go well because the teacher, you know, you've heard of the term McDojo. Uh, it, it was a McDojo. So we had to go away from that. Uh, we could tell the teacher was not really taking it seriously. So um, I found a place called East Wind um, Bakfu. It's it's no longer in business. Um but that's where I got my start uh, under Master Gary Toppins, who uh, learned under Ed Parker. Um, those who are in the know of martial arts know that Ed Parker um, also taught um, Jeff Speakman um, his Kenpo Karate. It was Kenpo Karate that I took. And um, I did that till the age of 18. Um, but it was the thing was, it was one day. It was a Tuesday every week. Um, sometimes I had a miss because of school. And um, and to be honest, I, I didn't get to a black belt. Eight years, I didn't get to a black belt because I was doing one day a week. I wasn't training, you know, uh, on on other days because um, I was also into football and basketball. Um, but I loved martial arts. Uh, but once I once 18 hit and I got to college, um, a lot of stuff happened in my life where I, I couldn't do it anymore. So I stayed at, you know, junior blue, which was about like three, maybe four belts away from black. Um, which is why I thought it was interesting when you said that most people will be like, I'm a black belt. I don't need to learn anymore. Um, I think it's uh, kind of a blessing that I didn't get to black belt or even close to it because um, I, I stayed in that mentality that I'm not a black belt and I'm not at a black belt level. So when I got started, uh, I got back into martial arts. It was about 21, 22 years old. I'm 24 now. Um and I started taking it more seriously. I was like, okay, well, um, it looks like college is great for me. I love engineering, but I think uh, I don't think that's what I want to do with my life. I kind of want to keep going doing martial arts, and I and I love film. Why don't I just blend the two together, become a stunt performer? So um, decided to pursue that. Um, then COVID hit for you know twenty one and um, for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and and still now, you know, it's it's tough and. Um, so now I'm just really focusing on getting that going. And that was kind of my background, though, was Kempo Karate. And um, I, I'm i always a student. Um, learning, get, Getting back into martial arts, I'm realizing that I am not a master. I'm never going to be a master. No matter how good I get, there will always be something to learn and to build on. So um, as a stunt performer, you need that as well. Because if a director doesn't like something you're doing, if a coordinator doesn't like what you're doing, you need to adapt real quick, whether it be a kick you're doing, a fall you're doing, a reaction, um, whatever it is, you, you you need to take criticism. And I think that's the big thing now. Um, I've met a lot of people in this industry already that look like, you know, egotistical people. And that's why they're at a certain level and will stay there. Other people are telling me, Aaron, keep doing what you're doing. Um, make sure you do not get an ego because as soon as you do, 
it pummels down because this industry that I'm trying to pursue is all about connections. Just, you know, all about being a decent person. That's how you get work. And, um, and anyways, it's, it's really pushed me to kind of keep bettering myself as a person and making sure I don't get cocky just because I learned a 720 hook kick. It's like, no, you still can't backflip though. So we'll learn that, you know, um, again, all, never a master, always a student. That's my, that's my motto. So I want to kind of go back here because I'm curious. So obviously you're a big fan of martial arts movies, action movies. Yeah. Was cinema something that was big in your house or is that something that you kind of gravitated to on your own? So when I was younger, um, I was about two years old. Uh, my parents had a VHS of Rush Hour, and that's how I got into it. I was just a big Jackie Chan fan from the get-go. Wait, you were two years old, and yeah. <laughs> Rush Hour was the VHS. The yeah, because I was born in 98. Uh, Rush Hour came out in 98. Yeah. And um, about, yeah, so about 2000 is when I was like two years old. So I was It's watching... okay, though. See, you were watching on VHS at least. So yeah, I was watching stuff on VHS, so. You're not that you're not that young, but uh, <laughs> but it's great that like you discovered Jackie Chan that early because I didn't discover Jackie Chan until I was like in my teens. You know, yeah, so that must it, have been a life changing. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was different because a lot of kids my age were not familiar with Jackie Chan. Um, you know, I know you had said in the beginning of of the show that um, you don't really have a good gauge on how young people are brought up in cinema. I am much different than people my age people my age probably got into cinema in their high school years watching a24 films um watching the mcu stuff the dc stuff um for me it started way back when jackie chan and then it transitioned and then my dad brought home enter the dragon then american ninja and um and then brought home a dvd the first dvd i think was blood sport and wow, that one of my favorites yeah, it it was it continues to be my favorite. And that was life-changing for me because Jackie Chan had a style that I just kept watching for years. Um, with Drunken Master as well was another one that I was watching as a kid, the old one, the first one, not part two. And um, and so when he brought Van Damme in, I was like, This guy is flexible, right? Like this guy can do splits. I've never seen that before in my life. I was about seven years old by that time. And I had and I had watched a lot of canon films as well, films I shouldn't be watching. That was no, thing. no. You should have been watching them. Like, like, <laughs> let's be honest. When I was like seven years old, I was HBO kid. It was the mid '80s. I got to see Commando <laughs> and RoboCop. I went to my friend's house on his birthday. His parents rented us RoboCop, and we're nice. like, you know, we're, I don't know, but we're like maybe ten at most, eight, seven. I don't know. We were probably too young for RoboCop, but a dude's melting. Like, that's that stuff's like for teenagers too. You know what I mean? So yeah. For like sure. every time I hear someone go, oh, you know, it's an R-rated film. It's like, if you look at some of these R-rated films from back in the day, they're really not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like uh, Silence of the Lambs here we're talking about. It's like, no, nothing crazy. Yeah. Like Bloodsport, like what's like, I don't even, there's really no nudity. There's no real major blood or anything like that. And somehow right. that movie's rated R because of a couple of swears, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, um, and so I continued to, from then on, I continued to watch action films. I, Van Damme probably became bigger from like ages seven to 12 than even Jackie Chan was. Jackie Chan was, you know, from like really young years and uh, Bruce Lee as well. Um, that They laid the groundwork, but Van Damme was my guy for a while. Um, I collected 
all of his movies. I, I used to recycle cans and bottles so I can get up money and go to uh, this place called FYE where they would have used DVDs and stuff. And I would buy um, Time Cop, Hard Target, Universal Soldier, like all of, all of his classics. Um, and they'd be used DVDs and I'd just watch him and watch him. And um, as a kid, it was hard for me to make friends. I was a short, fat, nerdy kid. And it was hard for me to make friends. Jackie, um, Jackie, John, freaking Bruce, they were all technically my friends. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, I was watching all of their movies, dude, on road on rotation. And so um, so my love for cinema is really, really ingrained in me. And um, and it continues to be that way too. Um, because once high school hit, um, I got into the more A24-ish movies. I got into artsy films. I got into, you know, whatever you see on Criterion. You know, I was trying to watch it, Akira Kurosawa. You know, as I matured, so did the so did my movie taste a little bit. Um, and then I got almost too good for action movies for a little bit. Um, but it was when I started watching Scott Atkins movies. I was about maybe like 20 when I watched Undisputed 4 because it had just come out or something like that. And I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. I was like, okay, DTV has something there. So I started, I went back and I started watching Scott Atkins movies and Michael Jai's movies and started finding appreciation once again in, in action, but not just big, big blockbuster action, but DTV. So now I'm on that wave. Um, and then obviously we're current day. I'm watching Hong Kong films. I've seen all of Jackie's Hong Kong stuff, Samuel Hung. Um, I'm really, I, I hope I'm well-versed in this genre due to the fact that since I've been watching these movies since I was a kid and um, and it's cool because a lot of people my age don't have that background you know a lot of people can connect with one another that are my age because they're like yeah I also saw you know this that you know this movie or that movie whereas I'm like I saw Rush Hour and End of the Dragon and you know some people are like what are those what's American Ninja what's the Octagon and I'm like those are the movies I connected to as a kid you know so yeah that's kind of my journey from movies uh love of cinema and everything and I have, I have a place in my heart for all genres and now i'm getting into horror even so yeah you know don't want to talk your ear off but yeah no no it's it's fine nobody wants to hear me anyway uh so the the other question i was wondering too is how important for you and was there any martial arts actors or any actors in general that you kind of looked up to because they weren't the typical actor that you were used to seeing. Like, cause I know you talk a lot about how important diversity is. And I was just wondering, yeah. do you feel that you have a, um, like getting into movies is going to help maybe some other kids that might feel like the, like they can't do what they want to do because of who they are. Do you, do you feel like a responsibility of that kind of stuff? Or is it just, something that will come with it by just you know being somebody because you're for you're uh mexican descent right yes uh yeah i'm mexican i grew up in a mexican community latino community um is there a, it's have, have they been real supportive of you to getting into martial arts um my community in general i mean i mean man i grew up in a community where everyone is like people my age first generation college students and we all have a commonality, which is that our parents don't want us to necessarily pursue our passions, but rather go to college, get educated, so we could be at a place financially that um, that's better than what we grew up in. So that's kind of 
the background I have a little bit, which is kind of like, you know, Aaron, you need to finish college, go to engineering, you know, don't worry about the stunt stuff. And um, that's been a challenge. But um, and that's a challenge most people my age face if we're first, you know, if we're first generation college students or um, my parents, my mom was an immigrant. Um, my, my dad's been here for a while in generation generations. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, that isn't, you know, I, I forgot what your first question was. And I am. But that's kind of my community is very supportive. You know, if they're my age, they're like, you're pursuing your passions, Aaron. That's good. You know, like keep doing that, man. Like we're stuck here going to college for stuff. We don't, we're not really passionate about Like You found it, you found your passion, keep pursuing it. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and luckily people my age are, are really cool about what I do. And I guess, you know, thankfully I have them, I guess. What do, what do you do if you get frustrated? Like, you know, like somebody who is trying to pursue something that they're really passionate about and they might hit like a roadblock or anything. Like, how do you keep going forward without giving up? Like, what are some of the the tools that you use to continue moving forward? You know, I I definitely have to keep reminding myself that I have to look out for me. I have to pursue things that make me happy. Um, pursue a career, even... Even if you're not going to make money, a lot of money in it in, in the beginning, you have to, it, as long as your heart is in it, then you will be fulfilled. If I took a job that I wasn't passionate about, but it made good money, I mean, money's great and all, but give it a couple years, are you going to be happy there or are you just going to be miserable? You just have to remind yourself of like, hey, you know, this is what's making me happy and this is, that's more important than, you know, financials. Although I say that at the same time, I'm working at a place right now that I'm not happy at, but that's because I need to pay the bills. I need to pay for school. You know, it's, it's all about just keeping the mindset that hey, I guess it won't always be this way. So for anyone hitting a roadblock, just remind yourself, it's not always going to be this way. As long as you keep working hard, something will happen, you know, and, um, and it's hard to say that to myself sometimes, because I haven't hit a place where I feel fulfilled yet in my stunt career. I've yet to I've yet to be at a place, you know, where I'm where I'm satisfied with my progress. But uh, I have to keep reminding myself that it's not going to be like that forever, you know. And um, the, thankfully, people on on Twitter, um, like you, Larry, Mike Scott, Liam, um, Chris Barreras, Andy, Rob, you know, Matt Scott, I can name everybody. Um, you guys have all been supportive of me, and that's meant a lot. So you know, it's good having an online community as well that kind of backs you up a little bit and. Yeah, that's why I would also say is to people hitting a roadblock, you know, try to try to surround yourself with people that want to see you do better and want to support you and your passions, you know, and that's what I did by going to Twitter. And I found that community that's, you know, motivated me to keep going. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's great advice, too, because when I decided, OK, I'm going to do my podcast, like I was I'm nervous about it, obviously, because yeah. like, you know, you, you want to be good at it, but the feedback I've gotten has been very positive and everybody wants to see everybody else succeed. Yeah. Like um, whatever you post like a video, you know, and it's like the most recent one you did where you were doing that Michael Jai white kick. Yeah. And I was just like, man, that's just like badass. And like, you know, you retweet it. Cause you're like, this is pretty cool. You know? And I, it, it feels good when you have people that that you're friends with and respect, you know, like yeah. the stuff that you're doing and are very supportive 
you know, because not everybody has that uh, support system. Yeah, they have, and it's and it's 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 hard to do that. Um, but I think if you have the positive attitude like you have, it sounds like it's you know things are starting to come a little bit because they're making those connections, and I think that's yeah. pretty amazing. Um, do you have anything? Uh, coming up that you're like working towards or you're just right now just sort of just keep trying to get better well right now yeah it's it's all about connections in the industry so i'm just trying to make more connections more people to to get in, in touch with and last night was a good example of that because um i was thinking of getting to stunt rigging uh wire work because i'm an engineer i know all about cables trusses stuff like that and um, i got to talk to someone who knows people in stunt rigging so they were like, hey, you know, if you're, you know, like you said, you're going to college when you when you finish your semester, when you graduate, hit me up. I'll connect you with some people. And so that's kind of cool. And hopefully I can get involved in that world. You know, um, it's not stunt performance. However, it is industry related. It is stunt related. And I have a passion for all this stuff. So um, that would be great. Uh, that would be a great way to get in the door, you know. So I'm working on that right now and just working on my martial arts, gymnastics. I'm trying to get more gymnastics and acrobats going, you know, uh, flips, parkour, stuff like that. Trying to get that down on top of the martial arts. Um, and uh, I say that even though I'm working uh, almost full time and going to school full time, you know, I just got to make time to uh, train in that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on right now, you know. Um, and, yeah, I'm just trying to keep positive, you know, uh, a positive attitude is really the only way to go through life in my opinion um i think i think keeping a positive attitude is very important and it's hard i think like i say that keep a positive attitude but um i myself have very much been challenged in that um in that sense and my positive attitude has been challenged a lot of times and i've i've gone the, off the negative deep end a lot but it's all about getting out of it and um understanding that um you know, stuff's going to be rough right now, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, yeah, I don't believe I was put on this earth to be miserable. I believe I was put on this earth to live a fulfilling, happy life. Even if things aren't going my way, just keep that positive attitude and, and it'll be all right, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's all about bettering myself you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, all that. That's, that's kind of what I'm working on right now. I'm just waiting to graduate, man. As soon as I graduate, Stunt career going full time. So, yeah, I can't wait for you to graduate. I think that's going to be um, really exciting for you because that is something that you accomplished. Nobody could take that away from you, and, but then it allows you to kind of move to the to your next step. And one thing you said earlier reminded me of an episode I did last season with uh, Ashley Lynch, who's an editor, and mm -hmm. she was saying that she wanted to be a working person. In, you know in the industry not just like oh I, I just want to be a director you know and they've they might not have done like some big studio move or whatever but they're constantly working yeah and I, and I thought that was really cool when you were talking about how you were like oh I want to get into stunt rigging because like you hear people like oh I'm gonna I want to be an action star yeah. you know but like you wanting to be like oh I got this engineering background that could help yeah. with the stunt rigging stuff and I thought I think that's really good uh, advice for anybody listening who is like, how how can I get in the industry? Some yeah. you know find stuff in it that maybe not everybody is uh, aware of doing, or you know, 
uh, something that's not just like the usual like acting stuff because like yeah. that stuff could come from doing like some of that stuff. So I thought that was exactly. pretty pretty cool thing to do the stunt rigging stuff because yeah. you know that's that's big stuff right now too because a lot of things are green screen. You got your your Marvel and your DC stuff and all yeah. those kind of things. So For sure, that's pretty smart, man. No, yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, one piece of advice I got yesterday was take any job in the industry, big or small. Just take it, you know, why, why shoot to be an action star right away? Jean-Claude very at every turn of the corner could have went in a different direction that would have put him in the opposite direction of where he is now. And by luck, by chance, by fate, he was in there. However, there were hundreds, hundreds of Van Damme's, Stallone's out there that could have made it, but didn't. And, I don't want to be in that in that realm like Icarus flying too close to the sun. I kind of want to start small, build up the ladder. And for me, that's what makes me happy is simply just being in the industry, getting my foot in that industry however I can. Um, you know, don't don't just, you know, shoot for action star. Please, you know, I don't think I I don't think I have the talents to even do that. Um, you know. Um, but you know, if anyone wanted me to, that'd be fine. Uh, but no, realistically. You know, just take what you get, take what you can, you know. So let's talk about movies for a little bit since you love movies. I love movies. Because yes. you were you were mentioning some people that might not have made it versus some of the other ones. So I was kind of curious if there were some action stars that you gravitated towards uh as as a movie fan that most people may not have heard of that should go check out some of their their films. I think spot a little bit. Yeah, no, I think Michael Dudikoff, right? I think you should watch some of his stuff. He has like that stoicness to him that um that I found awesome as a kid. It was badass to me. Um I think I think kids my age should go back and watch like 80s action films. I think they should watch 90s. I think they should watch Gary Daniels films, for example. Gary Daniels was cool because there was a humility to him and the way he portrayed his characters. Like he was badass. He he can kick anybody's ass on screen. But the way he played his characters was so humble. And when I started watching his movies, I was like, this is like the guy I would want to be in real life. Is like a guy who can kick ass but doesn't act like it. I like that a lot. Uh, I think people should watch Gary. Gary Daniels res- resonates with me from a personal, like almost like a like a personal, mental, emotional, like spiritual like sense that he's like this guy who's like really calm and cool. But if you if you cross him, then that's when you know you get the kicks, right? Um, I like him a lot um what uh you got any favorite gary daniels movies because I, oh, yeah. I have mine uh blood moon is cool i like blood moon a lot and i like cold harvest isaac florentine i i'm, I'm beginning i'm beginning to realize that florentine and koichi sakamoto are probably like the people i want to lean into in terms of like if i ever get to create an action short of myself that would their their type of action is what i kind of want to go into but yeah yeah, Blood Moon's great. Um, I really like Recoil. Recoil is not as much of a martial arts movie. It's more of like a cop movie where he like uh, like a mob boss's son gets killed, and the mob boss blames him and the police force. So they're like, it's I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's probably yeah. one of the the most depressing '90s DTV action <laughs> movies I've ever seen because like yeah. literally almost everybody dies in it. It's like one of those movies. Yeah, but it's just like just the fact that they had the 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 
the chutzpah to go and just like we're just gonna murder everybody is like a weird yeah. thing on those DTV movies because like the hero would like save everybody and this yeah. one not necessarily so if you've never seen recoil that's one of my favorite discoveries the last few years because you know i grew up in the in the 90s when i was you know in my teens i loved going to the video store and going to the aisle the action aisle and be like here's the new uh dtv movie from like pm entertainment you know um, and like i had the video store that i could go to but like you don't really get the video store anymore like how are young people supposed to find these martial arts movies you know what I mean? Like, what do they do in order to figure out, hey, I want to see the new hotness. Like, who who even knows what the new hotness is anymore unless you're just, like, part of the online community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for, I guess the only way is online now. I mean, I think instead of Blockbuster and Hollywood Video and, you know, Eastwood, those types of places, now we have Twitter. Now we have film Twitter, right? We have someone putting a clip of a movie saying this movie's great, um, underrated. They show a couple of stills, and then on on in the thread is like a Google Drive link. It's like here's how you can watch it. I have a I have a file of a uh, this Albert Pune movie no one's ever seen. Like here it is. And I think that's the new. That's kind of how we find things. These young people just find stuff. Hey, here's here's a mega link. You know here you know here's something to download. It's it's really crazy. Um, how how things have shifted so drastically to online and um and i i wish people my age would go you know and find these like more obscure movies and um but yeah i, I guess i guess that's kind of how young people find movies these days is simply just being online tiktok unfortunately tiktok film we call it film talk is a really toxic um really immature place to be in but film twitter is all right i guess um I get yeah, but that's how we find our stuff, man. And that's how that's how I found this stuff. That's how I found more Hong Kong films and Twitter. You guys telling me, Aaron, why don't you check out this movie? Check out Recoil, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I've always been kind of an like an internet kid. So like when I was you know younger, there was a thing called Prodigy where you had to dial in and you had the the noise and everything. And I found film communities, and we used to tape trade. Like, oh, I have this tape. I have this tape. tape trade each other so now it's just so digital files it's it's very similar yeah but i i feel like it's i still feel like it's probably harder to make those connections because yeah it is you know like like who wants a toxic uh uh like tiktok being toxic and stuff like you know if you're it's it's really hard to like navigate some of that stuff online you know and i i think um you just sort of have to just find like that right <laughs> crew you're with, you know, but yeah. well, the one thing I wonder too, though, yeah. is like horror is really big with young people, like yeah. at least online online. And like, even like the, the small action or small horror movies like do really well in the theaters, but like action movies don't even get in theaters and yes. they may not do as well on, on DTV. And I just kind of wonder how we can get younger people to be into action or if it's just what it is what it is and it's just maybe eventually some of work but i don't yeah. know how people get into that stuff i i think the key in my opinion i think um what's drawn people to action movies for example hong kong films right 
um, a lot of Jackie's films people are discovering now that are my age. They're discovering now because of clips online of like behind the scenes. I think people, young people need to see the behind the scenes of action films, need to see stunt people talking about how hard it is. Like Stuntmen React, for example, millions of views every week that they put out something. And it's drawn people to more obscure action films that they talk about, or at least appreciating stunt work in general. Um, and I think with the recent success of Plane and the, and the online chatter about it, how fun it was, I think it, it I think stuff like that will create a good conversation around action, a more positive, um, you know, a, a more positive uh, interaction with action. And I think because award season when award season comes around stunts are never acknowledged that young people are not exposed to the hard work that goes into stunts i think that's a big part of it because people can talk about cinematography editing all that because the award season acknowledges them if if a person wins for best cinematography they're like okay oh wow so they'll watch the movie and they'll be like dad i can see why it won that if someone won a stunt award they can go and watch that movie and be like, oh, yeah, I can see why they won. That stunt looks really hard. Okay, it makes me want to watch action now. Now they want, I want to watch these other action movies they've done. I think that's part of it, too, is like a war season never acknowledges stunt people. And if that changed, more young people would be more understanding of why action is so important in the industry and why stunt performers are probably the most vital uh, piece of the movie-making process. And I think that's uh, I think that should be I think that should be addressed now, you know? Um, we had the stunt Oscars for stunts or something like that um, a couple years ago. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's where the industry falls, you know, and, and fails in action is like, you got to at least acknowledge the people that work on these movies. That, that is something that's always been very bothersome for a lot of people who like this kind of cinema, because, you know, being a, a stunt person is very hard work and there's lots of different stunt yeah, uh, people doing different types of things and even movies that you don't even think about having stunts in it have like a stunt team like you can go on internet internet movie database click on the the cast and crew look at all these stunt people doing these movies and yeah. it's also like you know it's a life and death thing too like you know if you're making these kind of movies you want to make it as safe as possible you know and i think it's important to highlight what these guys do so when someone's making a movie they realize oh we have to take as much care into our stunt work for the yeah. safety as we are in like cinematography or whatever it is that you're going to yeah. do so i think that i think that's a very interesting observation that you made about how when they see behind the scenes stuff it makes them appreciate things more yeah uh, that's interesting i i also want to say too that i think because a lot of people my age grew up around action movies that did not show the action i think you know for example i grew up if i hadn't learned about jackie chan or bruce lee or any of them i would have been just exposed to the to the born movies as great as they are i would have just been exposed to the quick cut action i would have just been exposed to taken and columbiana and all these other movies um that were around my you know adolescence around my youth that were just quick cut action movies and i think that's part of why from people my age there is no appreciation for action movies because they're seen as dumb schlocky you know not to be taken seriously cinema you know um and that's why with the recent like you know kind of almost like resurgence in bay's movies people are starting to see like oh okay yeah yeah those explosions those are probably difficult to pull off oh the transformers movies that's a good 
action work and VFX work. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that like, is that now we're trying to appreciate good action movies, but we didn't grow up with good action movies. We grew up with kind of really, really crappy work. And now finally with the John Wick films, 87, 11, 87 North, uh, we got them coming in showing what action movies should be like. And that's why John Wick keeps like doubling its box office every movie, you know, because they're showing the action. They're showing what stunt people can do. And that's why more people are starting to really understand like why action is so important or why stunt work is so important. And um, I think that's part of it as well. I think that's part of why young people my age see action movies are, are as dumb and stuff. And it doesn't help that critics as well have panned some of the best action movies ever right i think bad boys 2 has like a rotten tomato score bloodsport has a rotten tomato score it's it's a whole numbers thing now which is which hurts action movies because so many great ones have bad scores um that that doesn't help either you know um a lot has to change unfortunately for people to kind of get it you know yeah but i i think though with like the success of bullet train this past year i mean i think that crossed 100 million yeah like there there is an audience out there uh, for these movies and i think it's just a matter of making more bullet trains less mortal combats yeah <laughs> which god how do you get a movie with those talented martial artists and then have like four thousand cuts and That's it was popular too yeah. which really bothered me too because i'm like come on you could do better than this guys so hopefully the next one is better yeah for sure and that's what happens when you know you that's another thing too when you hire directors that have only done a commercial that's a that's a war commercial and then and then you put them in a, a martial arts film and say hey can you um go ahead and make a martial arts movie when they've never done that another thing too it's like why don't you guys hire people who can do it that's why you know jj perry freaking killed it with day shift that's why it's the hell's killed it with the john wick movies and leech likewise is because you actually hire action directors that have done action you know um yeah what i'm looking forward to most is whenever the trailer for the new john woo movie comes out mm -hmm. like the goat is coming back to make a movie <laughs> yes. and that with like an american movie like i hope that thing just blows people away and yeah. there is a resurgence of you know some of like our best action directors yeah like i didn't love ambulance that much i was a good movie but like I think Bay gets a lot of crap, but like it's a lot of technical work to like pull off the stuff that he does, and mm -hmm. to have that sort of emotional connection with the the characters and the you know the with the audience and whatnot, you know I think that's uh, like it's hard to to make action movies, and I think people once they appreciate that sort of more, I think, and I think they slowly are doing it, and I you know so I'm hoping. Hopefully by the time that you are really rocking and rolling, like yeah. the industry is like super strong and yeah. you're like, you know, like you're in the ground, ground up, you know? And I, I yeah. so I look forward to obviously continuing to see your progression yeah. uh, in, in this, this field. And uh, I'm excited for you to graduate school, you know, and have that sort of get that uh, diploma yeah. and that sense of accomplishment, you know, cause that's just going to carry you forward into the future. And, you know, if you, for the people listening, you know, go check out his uh, Instagram and his Twitter and keep following him and supporting Aaron like I have. So I appreciate you coming on to my show and talking a little bit about your background and stuff. It's been really interesting. I really appreciate it. And is there anything that you would like to uh, add uh, before we go? Um, you know, something that 
you want people to take away from this interview today? Um, you know, I guess it, it's, you know, don't, don't let life kick you down so much. I think like with the recent pandemic and uh, things going on in the world, um, it's really easy to kind of look at the world in a cynical way. And it's really easy to be angry and upset at everything going on. I know I am. Um, but, you know, really, guys, you know, if anyone's out there who wants to pursue their passions and um, unfortunately life is kicking their ass, you know, I say just, you know, really try to pick yourself back up and, you know, keep a positive attitude. And um, really the biggest accomplishment, you know, the biggest accomplishment I've I've had is treating people the way I want to be treated. Um, you know, just a quick background, I, you know, I'm raised Christian and I've, I've been taught Christian principles and some I've taken away from, some I have not. One thing I've always kept true to me though is treating people the way I want to be treated. All right, you know, I, I, I want to make sure everyone's loved. I want to make sure everyone's cared for. And I want to make sure any interaction I have with any person, whether it be online or in person, is positive. And I think if everyone tried that as much as they could, because it's hard out there for people to be positive all the time. If, if As long as you put an effort out there to just be good to people and your friends and your family, just, you know, you'll get something back in return, you know, whether it be from a spiritual sense or from um, an emotional sense, you know, just don't, you know, just really just try to treat people with love and care. And I, I guess that's one thing I want to say because I don't know, Twitter is not really the most healthy place. And I've been seeing a lot of nasty stuff lately from people. And I guess like one, that's one thing I don't want to be. I don't want to go down that road, you know, despite the challenges that come my way. So I guess anybody out there going through stuff, you know, I know it's hard, but just keep a positive attitude best as best as you can. Well, Aaron, You've been uh, really good to 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 me and all of your fans. So I really appreciate you uh, coming on, and you know, good luck to in the future. And we'll hopefully have you on when you've got uh, some big projects going. We could do a little uh, special uh, episode talking more about your successes. Thank you, thank you, Larry. It's a pleasure to be on your show. You, you have a great show, and I um, I thank you for bringing me on, man. I, I really appreciate it. I had a great time. All right, man. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for listening. Have a good night.